0: Welcome to So You Can Grow, a podcast for entrepreneurs, where we confront the sacred cows of business, share our insights, and talk to insightful guests, all with the goal of helping you grow and prosper.
1: Welcome to the So You Can Grow podcast. I'm Andrew Smith, your host, joined today as usual by our other host, Lucas Mitchell. Lucas, how are you doing today, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Andrew? I am doing well. I'm very excited about our guest today, uh Jason Dries, who is a friend friend of the show, friend of the of Nourish and so, uh, and uh, a long time uh, partner with us, and so we're really excited to have him on. Jason, how hey, are you doing my today? Coach.
0: He's my coach. He was my coach too.
1: So that's exciting. This is true.
2: I was my coach. He graduated. I'm doing good, guys. Good to connect here today. Yeah, man.
1: So for those of you that aren't Quite familiar yet with Jason Dries? You will be by the end of this episode. Uh, But Jason is an entrepreneur. He's a coach, he's an author, speaker, father to four boys, also a husband, and um, we were reminded earlier, an avid off roader. Uh, So we got to dig in on that hobby because hobbies are very important when you're in the entrepreneurial space. That is true. Yes. (laughs) So, Lucas, you were talking a little bit about how you were coached by Jason. So, why don't you tell us that story and then we'll kind of get into hearing more about Jason's background?
0: Yeah. So, Jason was my coach for quite a while, actually. Um, I would say probably most of my growth in the business space came while I was coaching with Jason. When I met Jason, I got to him a lot, probably the way a lot of people did, through an Instagram live with Brandon Turner. And, you know, something just spoke about the way Jason spoke, just spoke to me like, I need to, I need to reach out for coaching from this guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I started coaching, I don't remember even the years now, but essentially I started, when I started coaching with Jason, I had five restaurants. Um, right. We only had five when I started, right, Jason? Yeah. Five. And, you know, since then I've gone on now I have 20 restaurants, over 500 employees, started a completely new business, uh, nourish and so, which is how the podcast is here. So all of this stuff that I'm doing now kind of culminated from my experience coaching with Jason. So and it's kind of funny, like I always tell people, like, what, what do you expect from coaching? And I was like, well, you know, honestly, it's really funny. Like, Jason just kind of asked me a lot of questions <laughs> like, <laughs> and just kind of like guided me through this process of me, like understanding myself and what I wanted better. And stuff just started to happen. So it's kind of it's like I don't want to say it's magic, but it's kind of like magic. So, yeah, that's was, that was, that was that's that's kind of why we're all here. That was the that was the starting point of all of this.
2: Magician, hypnotist. I've been called multiple things. Yeah, actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jason, it sounds like you're the uh, you're the godfather of Nourish and So. I think that's what it is.
2: It started I remember it started during coaching, actually. During a coaching, um Nourish and So started.
0: Yeah, Jason yeah. probably kinda of remembers. I think the conversation was something like, I don't know mm-hmm. what to do, I'm bored. It was like during, you know, that that word, that illness, uh time period a couple years ago. It was like, I don't know what to do, I'm bored. <laughs> and Jason was like well, why don't you do this for other people? And literally, like in that moment, it was just kind of like, oh, it all just just came together.
1: Yeah, Yeah. incredible. Well, so we're here today. We want to get to the root of what Jason does, which is help, you know, entrepreneurs and real estate investors elevate their mindset. Uh, And so that's really going to be the focus of what we're going to talk about here. But we're going to hit the Wayback Machine first. We want to hear a little bit from Jason on how his entrepreneurial journey developed. Um, it's always really fascinating for us when we hear you know, folks that we know, people that are clients, how they got started um, and really what leads to getting on the doorstep of becoming an entrepreneur. So Jason, if you just could, for our audience, give a little bit of your backstory, how you started on your career and then got into coaching and ultimately decided to start your own space or own business in the space.
2: I was actually in um I was in in the late nineties, I was actually in tech sales. Went into tech sales and I was in tech sales for almost fifteen years, kind of date myself here. Um and and in two thousand early two thousand, like two, maybe two thousand three, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it was probably one of the last times I had a weekend off, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um and and here we are twenty-two years later. I feel like I'm finally coming back to life after reading that book because it basically unlocked the you know, basically said, hey, you can be an entrepreneur and it's it's not that difficult. And it kind of was the the beginning shift of the mindset versus an entrepreneur because in my family there were no entrepreneurs. Everybody just had a job. You know, in my family, my parents were happy I even went to college. Like they didn't even care about graduate, you went, great, you know. So, you know, it was always get a job and you'll be good. Right. So starting your own business was something that never came up. So Two thousand three, two thousand four. I think I, I like I think I had an online casino at one point, a search engine back in those days. I had um, I, I went to some real estate investing seminars from Dolph DeRue, this like Australian real estate investor. And I never really got into real estate investing. I wanted to, but I didn't have enough money because I was sucked at managing money back then. And and then I was working in a tech job for a company called Avaya, and I was a regional sales manager. My regional sales engineer for the region had a kind of, um, he was really into like auto racing, professional auto racing. And we kind of talked to each other and then he talked about this product, this this cooling system. And we basically invented a product, um, that was a race car driver, cooling suit and a cooling system for race cars because race cars are really hot. So they wear suits that cool them. So we developed this suit. This was 2008. Um, that company ran for about four years. And I learned, you know, looking back, how little I knew about running a business back then. It was uh, kind of funny, actually, thinking back. But actually, that business led me to hiring a Tony Robbins coach um, in like 2010. Um, I had I'd listened to like in the early 2000s. I'd listened to Tony Robbins' personal power and his um, his audio programs, and I liked them. And so I was on his mailing list, and I got this card for a free coaching session, and I booked it. And I and the call was super powerful. I hired a coach. Um, and I had a Robbins coach, um, for about a year. And then I went to Tony Robbins UPW event in 2012 and then got back into coaching. And then during one session, my coach asked me, have you ever thought about becoming a coach? And when he asked me that question, it was like, I got struck by lightning. Like, it's just like my life changed in that moment. Um, I'd always been, I could always be in the top 10% without much effort and whatever I was competing in or working in was not that hard for me. But um, it was really the first time I was ever excited about learning something that like, I can remember most of my life was coaching. And then I went to Date with Destiny in December, Tony Robbins, a six day event in December. And then, like, literally three months later, I was in his coach training program. And that's kind of how that started. So, when I, when I started as a Tony Robbins coach, most of the coaches had their own coaching business on the side. So, I had Jason Drees coaching on the side while I was working for Tony Robbins. And that was kind of um, how I started. And then I've had, a couple businesses in the middle there, um, but JDC really kind of took off in 2019. So and then that's where we are today.
0: Amazing, amazing. So I want to I want to like dig into this a little bit.
2: Okay.
0: Um, I'm I'm super curious. Like obviously, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen to you talk are as well, because you're very open about your history and coaching and starting in Tony Robbins. I think a lot of mm-hmm. coaches out there today have mm-hmm. either been through the Tony Robbins process or you know are familiar with the content whatever what would you say like when you decided to just like really go all off on your own and not do tony robbins anymore like what did you see as like the the biggest differences as to how you how you wanted to coach people versus maybe what the tony robbins framework was Like, what are some of those core differences not saying one's better or worse or you can say whatever you want but just just curious what you saw as the the need in in the marketplace or the need for coaching in general
2: it wasn't really a active conversation about going off on my own. Like I already had my business on the side. I just was never really good at getting more than a few clients here and there. But as far as the new coaching methodology, you know, I started coaching at Tony Robbins and in, in like August of like 2013 and literally within a year, I was already like developing new technology, new, tech, new tools. Um, and. And I was at, the funny thing is I was actually in a lawsuit from my first company. <laughs> I got in a lawsuit. I took some money from a founder and I got caught in a divorce between a couple of investors and I got thrown in that middle of that. Um, and so I was in a lawsuit and I was, um, having like me and my partner didn't make much money and we were being sued by somebody who makes $2 million a year. Um, and it was a bariatric surgeon, I think the, cause basically he threw us at her she had all the money. Um, and like to give you an idea how ridiculous this case was, we had to file a request for excessive. We had to file a motion for excessive discovery requests because they're just billing by the hour. Right. But regardless mm-hmm. of that, I was having these panic attacks because I'm broke and I had two small kids and I know what I was going to do. And I'm freaking out and I'm trying to maintain my amazing Tony Robbins state while in between calls. Um, and me and my partners had our failed business. I were both getting sued and it was really tough. And it was in that process of, managing my state that i discovered how to change my own beliefs that tony robbins never taught me how to do he taught me how to change my emotional state but not the default belief structure was there and i was in that process of getting myself out of that i did my first belief change process and it kind of shocked me that it was so easy so i started testing it on clients so literally starting in 2014 i was already coaching a different tool and that style has continued to evolve and evolve and evolve And it's actually the foundation of the entire JDC methodology today is that belief change that started that.
0: So cool. So cool. And I'll say too, like when I first started coaching, I didn't know what to expect when I was, when I was coaching with you initially. Mm -hmm. And you know what I realized really quickly, like as an entrepreneur, there's obviously like everybody has this idea. What you see on social media is like, it's all like glorified, right? It's all good stuff. Like being an entrepreneur is awesome. You don't work for anybody else. You make your own rules. You make tons of money. It's all play like that's That's how social media portrays it. Right. But yeah. what you're talking through is exactly what so many entrepreneurs go through like that kind of like huge swings of up and down journeys. And when yeah. I first started coaching with you, I'd say like I was in what I wouldn't call like necessarily a down funk in terms of my entrepreneurship journey, but I was in like a very like stagnant, just like, eh, I had been through like the roller coaster of the ups and downs. I was just kind of like, eh, And I wanted to play at a higher level. And I can remember you asking me, the first time you asked me, can you get a sense of the version of yourself that already knows the answer to this? Like, whatever. I don't remember what the problem was. But I can remember I did that. And I was like, as I started thinking about it, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I can actually connect to this, I don't know what, like... (laughs) Version of myself, whether it's in my head or actually a version of myself, or I I don't know I don't know what what's behind it, but I can remember that happening, and it's kind of what you said. It's like I, I already actually know the answer if you just kind of explore the question in the right way. So it's interesting to tell your story, kind of how you got to that same place. Of like, it's it's always through those those journeys, right? And and I had one other I had one specific question, um, uh, about that, and. Essentially, like, you know, how do you talk to entrepreneurs about balancing those like huge ups and downs they have in their business? You know, for example, I'm an entrepreneur. With lots of employees have businesses in multiple states, including the state of California. Deal with nuisance lawsuits all the time. One year, I think I was sued like four or five times uh, in a year. And like, you know, you never know when that paper is going to get served to you or recently I was named in a lawsuit that I actually had no part of. It was a mistaken identity case, but it like caused this huge thing where I had to get all these people involved in, you know, just those huge emotional swings of like I'm on the race to the top and my business is growing and it's huge. And boom, someone's trying to take me out and boom, someone else is trying to take me out and someone's trying to get what's not theirs and what they haven't worked for. And it takes you all the way down. It's like, what would you, and that's, I think that's that way for all entrepreneurs, whether it's, lawsuits whether it's running out of money whether it's you know not realizing you're selling a product at a loss the whole time or whatever those things are or lack of insight there's those huge ups and downs what would you say to entrepreneurs who are kind of in that cycle as to how they can stay you know feel those places where they're at it's a big thing i've been talking about recently is like feel those places where you're at and also look towards what you're keep that focus on what you're wanting and how you get there
2: well what i found to be true is that most entrepreneurs next major uplift and next major acceleration is usually preceded by a big downturn because what usually happens is an entrepreneur can be on a specific trajectory and let's say they're growing at 5% or they're flat and they want to change things. Um, A lot of times if things are going okay, 5% growth, 10% growth, they're not really going to change things very much. So going from 10% growth to like 50 is really hard to do what often happens is you go to 10% growth and then you start declining and then you have to kind of break down everything and change your entire approach because usually it's a major evolution for that. Like, for example, like last year, our revenue was way down. Like I was down a million dollars in revenue last year. So it was really a really challenging year. Um, and I was really just focused on getting by, getting through. And, and I was having a conversation with, um, with, with a guy, you know, and I was looking to kind of raise some money to help cover the, the low end for me, right? And I was having a conversation with a former client and he reminded me, this was um, late, late December, and he reminded me that I wasn't thinking big enough based on some ideas. And I, and I started to realize I was starting to get into this like negative sum game. So, But the point is, like, I was on a downturn. And while I was on a downturn, I was like, well, if I'm looking to raise some money for mine now, if I was going to go bigger, what would I do? And I knew the business was getting to the point where I couldn't take it any farther as a visionary and it needed an integrator. So what I realized is if I'm asking for money, why don't I just ask for a little bit more to pay for the new integrator CEO? And I actually pulled that off over the past like 30 days. Now I've got a seasoned, high level um, integrator CEO. And I would say there's probably two of the best integrators I've ever met in my entire life. And you're one of them, Lucas. Um, And the other one's Ben. If you guys, I think you're like clones, you know. Um, But it was that downturn of last year is setting us up for a major up right now. So it's really part of the process. And 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 one of the things you've always said to me Lucas when I call you when things are hard Lucas you always say like running a business is hard being an entrepreneur is hard and it it, it I don't know how else to say it it is hard you know?
0: yeah i love that i mean i think that's like i think that's going to be the theme of my message for 2024 now i like to Ooh. think 2024 is going to be a great year but the reality is none of us know what's going to happen right and so it's like I, I like that's the theme of of 2024 is i think it's just like being in business is just being in business. Like you can't predict the future. You can't predict what's going to happen. All you can do is whatever the next step is, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is where I'm at. This is the next step. And so it's interesting to hear you say that. Like I, I I think a lot of new entrepreneurs specifically struggle with that a lot, right? You know, they're used to that security blanket and that predictability of what their job is going to give them. And you step out of the entrepreneur world and like that's not a thing like there is no predicting you can do all the analysis you want and things you know who could have predicted we were going to have a pandemic you know who could have predicted you know that whatever's happening in the political cycle across the world like sure you could do all the research you want but at the end of the day all you can do is your next step so i love that love that That even The master of frame shifting, Jason Drees himself, gets stuck in that cycle and has to remember or be reminded that like all you can do is what's next. Right. And and you got to keep thinking big. You got to keep that big vision. Yeah.
1: So, Jason, I want to go back a little bit to not necessarily in time, but to the point that we were talking about earlier where, you know, there's different types of coaches out there. Um, Some will work with executives and do kind of the corporate route you have found a niche with entrepreneurs and real estate investors and real estate investors <laughs> are basically entrepreneurs with the way a lot of times, the way they structure their business and their investments. So what is it that you think you've kind of naturally or maybe strategically gravitated to this market and now find yourself entrenched in it in a good way?
2: Well, it, it, it's kind of been an evolution, right? But if we look at types of coaching, there's, sure. there, there's two types of coaching, right there at a, at a high level, there's, there's tactical coaching where they're teaching you strategies like real estate investing coach, something like that, where there's specific strategies they're teaching you. A lot of times, um, high level executive coaching is like that. Like they're, they're running a playbook that they're coaching against. Sometimes it's like an EOS coach or something like that. Right. Um, from a, and then you have mindset coaching, right? So, the coaching that is subject relevant is, you know, strategy focus is based on the subject. Mindset coaching is literally about upgrading the mindset of the person who's operating that way. And, you know, the first mindset coach, Tony Robbins was one of the first mindset coaches, life coaches. His content was created in the eighties. Um, neuro-linguistic programming is a big foundation of a lot of it. And it was also created at a, technically a different frequency of life that we're operating in, right? Um, and if you look at a lot of the Tony Robbins tools that were utilized back then, the state management tools, repetitions, visual swish patterns, things like that, is that if you try attempt to change mindset from the level of mindset, you have to like literally condition it in, right? Mm-hmm. There was a point when I was a Tony Robbins coach, I was literally doing 40 minutes a day of his incandations, you so. Know? now I am the voice. I believe, not follow. I believe, not doubt. I'll create, not destroy. I'm a force for good. I'm a force for God. I am a leader. Just like five the odds, set a new standard, step up, step like those over and over and over for 40 minutes, right? Because I was right. conditioning my state. And the tools that he uses is like, when you start to have a mindset that's out of alignment with the target, you'll have lack of confidence. You'll have doubt. You'll have negative emotion and you'll unable to be unable to execute. That model, utilizes a peak state like shifting your physiological state into a higher frequency state to address the 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 target and the action so you're at a place of alignment because to execute towards any target you have to be in 100% certainty right otherwise you're not going to hit it And unfortunately, that model doesn't change the core belief structure that's running. It only creates a temporary state change. The only people I know who can stay in that temporary state is Tony Robbins. Nobody else can, right? So what I've figured out how to do is how to change the core state simply by taking ownership. Literally, it's that simple. Because I was literally taught in that that model that you have to battle your beliefs, right? You have to battle them. You have to fight them. But what I've actually figured out how to do is to actually coach people at the level above mindset. So when you're, cause mindset is actually not the source of mindset. Mindset is the byproduct of the frequency of you. Like if you're in a, if you're in a happy frequency, cause your body's made of atoms, it's made of energy. If you're in a happy frequency, you'll have a happy mindset and happy actions. If you're a sad frequency, you'll have a sad mindset and sad action. I've figured out how to operate at the higher level. So that's, that's the primary difference i I figured out how very quickly to change the default mindset when it actually gets into application you have results-based coaching. So Robbins is results-based coaching. So for example, if you had a real estate agent who is struggling in sales this year, and I was a Tony Robbins coach or a results-based coach, and I would be coaching that coach, I would be saying, what is the results you want? I need listings. I'm like, okay, well, how do you get listings, Mr. Real Estate Agent? I got to go knock on doors, make cold calls. I'm like, okay, Mr. Real Estate Agent, go make cold calls. And they'd go, I don't like making cold calls. I'm like, why? Because I don't like rejection. And I would say, well, that person has a son. Who's you know wife's pregnant, and I'd say, well, what kind of man are you gonna be for your son if you don't make the cold calls, right? So I would use negative leverage to force misaligned action because that person clearly has resistance to that action and it doesn't work, so it force it. So results-based coachings are forcing misaligned action. What I've figured out how to do, and the reason I keep using my hands is because there's a diagram, right, that in my head, but what I figured out is that when you align the mental environment of the client with the target, it automatically aligns the mindset. So, and then the strategy becomes an automatic default of alignment. So instead of having to force a person to take action and the simplest matter is like, simplest example is I will never do accountability coaching. And everybody will like, what's a coach for accountability? But accountability is saying, I need to pay you to force me to do something I don't want to do. That's misalignment, right? And the reason I don't do accountability is because you're you're out of I'm not going to help you be out of alignment I'm going to get you into alignment so that you don't require accountability and that's what alignment based coaching is and it's so simple and easy to do that I don't even use results based coaching anymore there's no need for it actually the the only time it really would work is if you have somebody who's like in trauma or reaction then you need to use that level but any average person you can use alignment coaching and those are the primary differences
0: I was going to ask that too I was like is there is there a pl- is there a space for both of those like yeah. And how do they work together? You know, an example is like I've coached with several of your coaches as well, all phenomenal. Um, and, you know, one of the things I learned from my last coach with you was like, you know, he was really focused on like me being like very grounded and centered and, and starting in that place. And, you know, and then I, it's it's interesting, like I had some experiences over the last like 18 months of my life that have really caused me to look backwards at myself over the last like 10 years and realize, Ninety percent of the time, I was like in a fog. Like I was only seeing like very small amounts of things that were in front of me, both my personal life, work life. Like, you know, when I when I look backwards and reflect on it, it's like, holy cow, all this stuff I was missing. I didn't even know was going on. I was in this fog. And so, what I found is I like have really. And so then I had several coaches after that too. But as I have focused on being more grounded and present, just in general, I've found there's complacency can also slip in, in that space too, right? Like when I feel really grounded and centered, it's very easy to just be like, I'm just good. <laughs> you know, like I feel good. I feel great. Everything's good. Bad stuff comes in and I'm just like, "Ah, oh, cool. It is what it is. Like we just navigate through it move on. All that's great. Right. But then when it comes to like trying to get myself hungry again, I almost feel like I need to put the blinders on a little bit. And I need to like almost shake myself out of that like really grounded and centered place in order to like go after something new. Does that sound like familiar to you or like maybe uh, you can explain it a different way?
2: Well, well, number one, as human beings, we have a, a, a mammalian survival meca- survival system, right? Survivor, that is always going to seek comfort. So we will always come back to a place of comfort eventually, and that's why it's it's good to put yourself around people that do impossible things to shake things up, right? Because you will naturally come back to a place of comfort. The other thing is you also go through phases, right? If I can look at you from the outside, Lucas, you've done, created a lot of success. You've you know grown a ton of a big, multiple businesses, and you could just be in a phase where you get to rest and celebrate a bit. But there's also a mindset that if I'm not doing something, I'm not creating success, which is not necessarily true, right? It, it's an alignment. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's really that the, the, the old way is grow and grow and grow and grind and grow and grind and grow, right? But the reality is the frequency of you determines what reality you're experiencing. So when a person is uninspired, you know, I think then they're either in a phase of rest and, and they can intentionally take it, which you probably, they have probably earned, or they're not aligned enough to be generating ins- naturally inspired action. Like, cause that's where we want to be because like when you get into alignment with naturally inspired action, then the action's automatic. Now the, what can often, what, one of the reasons that can come up, you can, you cannot be getting into naturally inspired action is if your targets you're following are, are socially conditioned targets. So if you're following your best practices in your brain on where to go, then you're going to end up being average right? But this is not the inspiration doesn't come here. When you uh, follow your heart or your intuition and your gut and start following those targets. And a lot of times those targets aren't going to make any sense and they're going to contradict your business experience. When you follow that, that's where you get into the naturally inspired action. That's going to light you on fire
0: again. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. And I guess like, you know, Balancing that with now I don't know where we're going in terms of these questions, I'm just like following where where I want this to go, but like i'm I'm thinking now in when I get in that mode of like following those naturally inspired that's where I've created the most success in business, right like mm-hmm. when i when, when I've been in that state, like things just happen they just they just naturally happen, it comes easy. I mean, I say easy, but it feels easy, but it's with a ton of work still. what I've found also though is When I get in that state, the blinders come back on and I start ignoring, I'm like hyper focused on that, those next actions in that state and the blinders come on to everything else around me. and I feel like I almost go back into like where, you know, imagine you're driving on a highway like in the Midwest somewhere and there's just like, or in like Portland, Oregon, middle of nowhere. And there's just Mm -hmm. fog on both sides of the road, but there's no fog in the middle of the road. Mm -hmm. And so you can see straight down the road, but you can't see anything off to the sides. And I feel like that's kind of the state I get into. And so how do you do that and also, you know, not necessarily ignore all the other stuff? Like, I feel like there's missed opportunities, well, whether personal or business, by having those, like, what I'll call blinders. Maybe they're not blinders. Maybe it's just like that's, that's your intuition telling you that needs to be your focus right now in this moment. And the fog lifts when it doesn't need to be that strong of a focus anymore.
2: It sounds to me like you're questioning your intuitive guidance. And you're, you're saying that that ability to drive with intense focus to knock out targets is a bad thing. Now, managing that with your family and kids, yes, that's hard. But you have a gift at what you do, and, and, and part of your gift is doing that.
0: That makes sense. And so essentially what you're, what you're saying is, kind of going back to our initial question, like, there doesn't need to be a place where there's like, You know, you bring in the old way of of coaching to kind of kick yourself in the butt and and get back if you're just following that aligned action. Like what I'm doing is questioning. It doesn't necessarily mean there needs to be any other methodology to kind of snap me in the right direction. It's just like trusting what's happening to me, essentially.
2: Well, what I said was actually pretty profound and notice how fast you jumped over it.
0: (laughs) Say it again then. I guess we got to repeat.
2: So you may have not been ready to hear that. You know, um, sometimes we're not ready to hear it, but like it's, so in regards, do I use old coaching tech? Like I will use, sometimes I'll use accountability. The only, sometimes I'll use accountability like that. If someone needs to start working out or something like that, and they don't want to spend a lot of time working on their mindset about working out, they just got to do it. Like sometimes that accountability or or peer pressure will work. Right. Um, the other time is if you have somebody that's unable to take ownership of their life, they're in trauma or they're in reaction to the past, they, then they, they can't do that. Then that's when you would have to use that different style of coaching. But what I said to you earlier is you were talking to me saying that this ability, you said, you said, I, I I have this pattern of driving forward with blinders on full speed ahead towards a target that I can't see anything else. And I, and I think there's missed opportunities there now. Yes. And what I said was balancing with the family is hard to do because, that's a gift of yours actually. And it's, and, 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 and the thinking there's missed opportunities is second guessing your intuition because that's actually what I, and I'll say it again, is one of your greatest gifts is your ability
0: to do that. Very interesting. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like sit with that for a minute. I think after this, it's an interesting perspective.
2: Think about it. I can move with clear focus and consistent action towards a target today. Who wouldn't want to be able to do that?
0: Yeah, that's true. There's probably most people that come to you are probably in the opposite place, right? Where it's like they're having trouble moving in a direction towards anything or, or towards what they want.
2: True. And, and I do get people like you. And what I also forgot to mention is if, if you're not inspired, you're not aiming high enough. That's the other one. You got to add that a zero. That makes sense. You got to aim at, at a zero or something that like
1: make, that. That makes sense. So Jason, what I want to touch on is is kind of giving our listeners an understanding of the types of people that are coming to you and kind of what they need and why they would come to Jason Dries Coaching and work with you or Jason Dries Coach, um, you know, that especially those that are in the entrepreneur, you know, real estate investor space.
2: We typically get, you know, most of our, let's see, shifting gears. Most of our clients are typically in the, they're, they're usually people that want to make more money, or there are people that are making money and they want their life to be better. That's kind of at a real basic level, you know. We get we get a lot of people. Um, we do actually look at one of the biggest vertical like avatars that's come out recently for us has been, and I and I had just funny that I haven't thought of it uh, myself, but is helping people leave their W two. We do that all the time. It's almost like we have a bell that we ring over here when it happens because it happens so frequently. But people that want to work for themselves, people, and you know, it's not just a make money. Most people, they want freedom. They want freedom of time. They want want to work for themselves. Um, So that's typically what we do. And then we have people who, and and if we look at it, like most of our clients are entrepreneurs, right? And I like to think of an entrepreneurs as like four phases, right? So the first phase is trying to make your first dollar. That's the goal the first entrepreneurs are working on. Two is, uh, the second phase is they're trying to replace whatever their W-2 or job income was, okay, with their side business. And the third level is like, place replacing themselves in their business and then number 4 duplicating it in other businesses right so we get people on all different spectrums there you know um most of our clients are that we're getting are one and two you know i'd say the a big chunk there um clients that are working with me directly are generally in the three or four level
1: hmm. and then what is it why do you think they're seeking out that coaching they're they're running yes. into a wall they're they're not achieving what they want to achieve and they you know, what do you, what is it about your style, your style of coaching that you feel like makes people turn to you and, and then breed success within what they're doing?
2: Well, most people, you know, I'd say 90% of the people that come into the JDC have never had a coach before. Mm-hmm. So most people don't realize what they're holding back. Like in the concept of mindset is elusive to most people, you know, right. sometimes it takes months for a client to understand mindset because it's, it's how do you. Think about your, your mental operating system. Like you're in it. It's hard to see it. So, um, that's what most people are missing. But when we come in here, we start to get them think differently. And, but we we really do, um, is we remove the limits to their thinking. That's really what it is. And one of the biggest breakthroughs I've had in coaching in the past few years was realizing that coaching was, um, was, was more of a subtraction game than an addition game. Right. Because a lot of people will come to coaching and be like, I need you to help me create success or create my W2 or create some business. So so a lot of times people will come in thinking it's a creation game, but it's actually not. It's a subtraction game. It's really the process of removing all the resistance to those things occurring and then it will happen. Because usually the average person has their mindset and their mindset is their brain, which is basically cataloged everything that's been put into it, however long they've been alive and every step forward, their brain's comparing it, moving that. And that's usually the biggest factor to success is their past experience when they're going after big targets. And we basically open them up. Yeah.
0: That's so, that's so interesting to hear you say, I, I like, I just drew a correlation in my head that I've never drawn before. If you follow us on social media, you've heard me talk a lot about late. Like I've been saying things like stop reading business books, like just stop. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a very tactical person. You know that Jason, like I know a lot of the mindset stuff through yeah. working with you and others in your space, but I have to continue that. Like that's not my natural state. So I have to continue that in order to stay in that frequency. Mm -hmm. However, even from a tactical perspective, that aligns with a lot of what I'm saying. I feel like a lot of the reason why there's inaction in entrepreneurship is because they're spending too much time in consumption, right? Oh, so-and-so is doing this. Oh, in order to build a business, I have to do A, B, C, and D. Oh, in order to be in this space, I have to know this person or network in these events and whatever. And the reality is they're just trying to play by the rules, which is the opposite of success in entrepreneurship, right? Uh, And so it just kind of correlates with even what you're saying from a mindset perspective, If you want to get really tactical, and you're trying to start, you know, launch a business that does seven figures this year, uh, I would probably spend less time scrolling on social media, like, you know, or less time in, you know, reading blogs, if you need specific answers, go find them. But then like, you know, avoid the rest of the noise, because even from a tactical perspective, it just confuses you right? You don't know what to do because your brain is bouncing around so many different things. You're not focused on anything. And so it's interesting correlation between the tactical and even the mindset where it's like, even with your beliefs or, you know, your conditioning, how eliminating some of that and cutting out some of that noise creates clarity. You do that even from a tactical and logical and, you know, conscious and, as opposed to subconscious state. So that was very interesting correlation.
2: Yeah. And to, to simplify it even more, if you're aiming at a known target, meaning a target you already know how to do, then your, your past experience is, a, is an advantage to help you. If you're aiming at an unknown target, the time something you've never done before, your experience is a handicap because it's, it's limits in your thinking. Like every time I talk to an entrepreneur, they think the first step is to build a website and they get stuck on this logo and trying to pick a niche. I'm like, no, <laughs> the first thing you need to do is make a dollar because until you get somebody to give you a dollar, you've got nothing. Like, so it's, and, and, and and it always flows, right? You know, like I started as a co- race car driver cooling. A few years later, I got into coaching In the middle, I had a company that was do, helping coaching for business and channel partners. That didn't work. And then I o- opened an outsourcing company in the Philippines for a couple of years. That didn't work, but I actually left Tony Robbins because I took a job working in an outsourcing company. I did something stupid and got fired three months later. And then I started my own outsourcing company in the Philippines. And then after that, I started another coaching company but I was afraid to put my name on it. So it was basically me and three other people and we worked for six months and didn't sell a single fricking contract. I throw my hands up in the air and quit. And I'm like, all right, I gotta go back and get a job. And all of a sudden business starts flowing in. And then I put JDC brand front and center and it takes off. So it's literally the path of like, where is the flow? Because life is a process of unfolding and following the breadcrumbs and sometimes they just go in radically different directions. Rarely do I see somebody go boom, boom, boom. Hey, this is what I'm going to do. Unless they're like, I'm a dentist, I'm a trained, I'm going to open my own practice,
0: you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, I, when I get like, people want me to come and talk to their online group or whatever, I ask a series of questions ahead of time because I've, I've gotten in groups before where Mm -hmm. they want me to talk on a subject matter. And when I start to ask questions, the audience initially, before I start, they're not ready. For the, for the subject matter. It's like, yeah. why am I going fill, to fill your head with a bunch of garbage about hiring processes when you haven't even validated your idea is a good one? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like there's too much noise, but I think people always love, and it, I think there probably is, and I'm going to ask you this question, is there a balance between picturing yourself in that position where you're hiring employees and you have this cool team and this awesome space to work in with people and you go on retreats together and your business is doing seven figures and huge with also realizing that where I'm at right now is I just need to take this idea to market and see if I can sell it you know it's kind of step one of the process
2: what was that question
0: I guess my question is, is there a balance between those two? Like, should you be kind of, I'll call it heady. That's what I call my, when I'm like in the clouds dreaming versus what's my next most important step. Like, is there a balance between the two? Because what we, what I've been saying is basically like cut out a bunch of the noise Mm -hmm. until you kind of take that next step. And then maybe you bring some noise back in, but I want your perspective on, is it okay to stay in the clouds or do you think people just get lost up there when they should be focused on that next step?
2: The clouds will take you so far, right? Cause I live in the clouds. Like I completely live in the clouds. Um, and I got this far and you know, I've got to, you know, JDC has done like 7 million in revenue over the past few years and I've like 15, 20 employees and, but I wasn't going past that because it needed some basic fundamentals that were really boring to me. And my brain just didn't work that way. So both are needed. You need the cloudy vision thing to get moving. Um, but then you need the basic fundamentals for it to stay afloat.
0: Very cool. Very good. This is so good. Like most of our clients are, you know, I feel like in most people that are going to listen to this episode are people who are probably in the early stages of entrepreneurship. Maybe some of them are seasoned, but a lot of probably solo entrepreneurs that are earning high incomes themselves haven't scaled teams and haven't built businesses out of what they're doing And so I think this is just really interesting perspective for them is like, and I I'm going to say on probably every episode, if anyone asks me, step one is like, go get a coach. Like first off, go get a coach. Like, I feel like that's step one. If you want to be an entrepreneur for, for multiple reasons, but this kind of stuff just it helps. You got to figure this out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Why wouldn't you want multiple people on your team focused on your success? Like it's, yeah, I have multiple coaches, right? Yeah.
1: Well, one of the great things for me, I'm a little bit different than Lucas, and we talked about that in our first episode where I kind of came into this entrepreneurial space with a little bit more traditional kind of W-2 background, working for other people, working for larger organizations, where Lucas has always been you know, in his adult life working for himself and has the heady, like, hey, big vision, and then um, I'm here, like, okay, what are we doing next and how are we going to do it? And so what was great about when I was being coached by somebody on your team, Jason, um, that they allowed me to kind of step into that in a way that made made me feel like it was the right thing to do um, to get into that cloudier, bigger dream, bigger picture space, which is not my natural state. Also, so mm-hmm. I think it's really great to have kind of both of Lucas and I on having experienced success with your coaches and your coaching style, having yeah. probably my little bit more of like a square, uh, square kind of thought and very structured, you know, mindset. Versus where Lucas is very, um, I would say, more round and, and big picture and big thoughts and big ideas um, and finding that space where both of us can come in and be successful. So I know I experienced a lot of um, success after, you know, and during uh, the time that I was being coached by one of your coaches. So um, talk to me a little bit about that, I guess, like the the ability to, for your coaching to be flexible based on the person. Like you're not looking for a specific avatar. Other than somebody who's willing and looking for that next step, right?
2: Yeah. The subject, well, while most of our clients are, are entrepreneurs or uh, in business, or, or most of them are, their goal is financially related, growing success, growing money, making um, the subject of the coaching is irrelevant, you know, um, because we basically, focus on the piece that's lagging, you know because if you look at a person, you've got the categories of their life. you've got their health, they've got their relationships, they've got their 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 faith, their business, their all of those parts right there. and business and money is one part of it. and they come in to focus on that. and a lot of times the thing that's out of alignment isn't business and money. So wherever the misalignment is, will we'll show up and that's the area where we typically coach them into alignment. Um, there's actually a framework that we use called the Do the Impossible Framework and there's basically five steps. There's like understanding what alignment is, is step one. Step two is um, alignment with success. Step two, step three is alignment with yourself. Step four is alignment with impossible targets and step five is alignment with the process of life. So wherever the client is in the subject is completely irrelevant to us. Like whatever they're tar- aiming at, wherever that gap is, we help move them in alignment. So they shorten the distance there. And what you don't really hear most people talk about and the testimonials is that they come in to work on making more money or starting their business. But through the course of a couple of years of working with us, we balance out all the areas of their life and elevate it across the board too. So that's kind of how the mindset coaching works.
0: Yeah, super, super cool. I think we're going to wrap up soon, but I want to like one other other point I want to touch on with you is like, and Andrew kind of alluded to this, but when you get different types of people coming in, I found my shortcut. You know, Jason, if you hear Jason talk about me, Jason will always refer to me as an integrator, and that I've been doing that my whole life. So I definitely have a skill set of like taking a complex vision and breaking it down into exactly what needs to happen in steps, and I can do that very well. What I found through coaching was my natural state is actually in the clouds, like we were just talking about, like dreaming, and I've I've always been a dreamer. So if like. Um, and like if example of that is like, if you're seeing this video, there's a calendar behind me, I don't know if I'm pointing to it, Mm -hmm. but literally that calendar I got, I was going to set daily goals. I got this great idea from someone on Instagram on how to set these daily goals in my calendar and check them off as I do it. And that was going to be what I use that calendar for. And now what it's used for is when my four year old daughter comes in, she draws circles on every day on the calendar because otherwise it's blank. (laughs) And, And I say that because like... I'm not, I'm not a goal setter. Like I'm not the person that's like, I'm going to set this goal and I'm going to do this consistent action every day. And it's going to get me X result. The kind of person I am is I say like, Hey, this is where I want to go. Perfect example in my restaurant business, we had to set, you know, annual budgets for this year and we have financing and all these, like, you think not setting targets doesn't go well when you have, you know, a lender you owe money to and, and other aspects of business. Right. But my process now is like, okay, this is the minimum this is where I want to go. We're going to be super ambitious. We're going to go up here and meet with the team and their job is to then figure out how, right. And I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to go. I don't know how we're going to get there yet, guys. Mm -hmm. Let's put our heads together and figure it out. And so then having somebody like Andrew, you know, a specific one on the nourish and sew team and our team figure that stuff out is a really nice compliment to me. So is there, I guess my question to you is, do you see shortcuts like, a lot of people i feel like when they're out of alignments because they're trying to do things that they're out of alignment with because they feel like they have to you alluded to it earlier in your journey right where it's like you're there's some new you got stuck at a certain revenue threshold because there was some stuff that had to be done that yeah. wasn't in your natural skill set so yeah. are there shortcuts to this to like getting in alignment like do you feel like there are entrepreneurial shortcuts depending on knowing yourself that could accelerate this process for people
2: shortcuts to what
0: Like if I want to grow, like, for example, if I want to grow revenue in my business and I know I'm going to play the role of, um, visionary, right. For lack of a better term. So I'm going to be the cloudy person and I want to grow my business to $2 million in revenue. We're at 1 million this year. That's a million. That's a, you know, doubling the revenue. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I'm just, cause I'm like in the office grinding bookkeeping. I got a couple Mm -hmm. employees that I'm trying to delegate tasks to. And I'm just kind of like, Mm -hmm all in going towards this huge vision I have, but I'm not able to get there. Would you say that there's a, like, is, is it because I'm taking misaligned action that I'm not getting there? And is there a shortcut to get myself, like, I guess maybe what I'm saying is maybe I don't recognize that I'm not in alignment with my actions because I'm stuck in the day. I feel like that's where a lot of entrepreneurs end up, right, as they get stuck in, this is how I have to run my business. And is there a shortcut to kind of snap yourself out of it? And like, recognize, yeah. like put yourself back in that position with, does that make sense? I don't know how, I'm trying to ask yeah, a question, so, I don't know how to well,
2: ask. Are there, are there, are there, are there shortcuts to success? Basically, that's what entrepreneurs want to know, right? There are shortcuts. Yeah. To, yeah. Now, so th- there are, there are some shortcuts to success, right? There, there are industry standard best practices, fundamentals that do operate in business, right? You know, one of my big obstacles in my business was the funnel because my business the massive growth came from referral for multiple years. So the funnel was never built out. And, and if I had just followed basic Facebook marketing consistently, I would have built this a lot sooner. Right. So the, so the basics will get you to average very well. Right. So that can be shortcut, but when you're going from like one to 2 million in revenue or you're trying to get your breakthrough, you know, one of the things I've found is that, and I, and I, and I think this is, the same with other people. But for me specifically, it's like my business growth has been directly tied to my personal growth. And every time I have a personal breakthrough, like my business doesn't grow unless I grow. And, the, there's, and there's no shortcuts to this. Now, I would have loved if my business just kept may, paying me and making money and having free time. But last year was sucked. It was painful. It was terrible. It was awful. But it was also the year that I had to learn some lessons that I couldn't vision cloudy my way through everything. And last year was me learning that. And, but at the same time, it's going to be even sweeter this year when we hit the next boom, because we went through that. But that was also my process. So everybody likes to think they're shortcuts, but there's, there, it's not a straight line. It's like this, even though that's the fastest path. And, and, and there are, and there really are, you know, because shortcuts is like, you're trying to jump a step of the process and you can't, it's like climbing a staircase that never ends. If you jump a, you know, a set, you're, you're still going to climb and keep climbing the staircase, right? it's like, you still got to do the work. I've also found that, um, you can't outsource your personal growth. You can't outsource your lessons, especially in business. I've tried multiple times. I literally have spent 40 grand and outside marketing firms to try to get the marketing going with leads and none of it worked. What worked at the end of the day is me dreaming up Facebook ads, like literally. So the only actual shortcut I can think of is actually coaching because that helps you stay in alignment each step of the way and process your growth faster.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the journey is super individual. I think one of your coaches actually told me that it's like, you can look at other people and figure out what they're doing and utilize some of the same things as a baseline. (laughs) But the but the journey super individual. You know, I always tell people, I'm like, well, just hire someone to do that. Like that's my default, right? Like I started nourishing so and I was like, I hired Andrew before we had any business. It's like that's just how I do things. But for a lot of people, that wouldn't work. Like yeah. they'd go crazy. The stress and the like, whatever else comes with having to compensate somebody for a business. That's my process. It and it works for me. It doesn't mean that's necessarily a shortcut for somebody else because the journey is individual and that's kind of what I hear you saying, right? It's like it's all over the place and there are basics, but
2: yeah, but I I couldn't I can't outsource the marketing because because I am the brand and I am on display. My personal growth and my ability to present myself to the world, I have to learn it myself. Mm-hmm. Where someone else who it's not that visible they can outsource marketing. I can't. I have to learn because it's it's a major part of my growth. So I can't outsource it.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a
1: lot of sense. I love that. Well, Jason, uh, we know you got a busy day ahead of you uh, helping change lives and elevate people's mindsets. Uh, so we appreciate you joining us. Want to encourage all of our uh, listeners to follow Jason Dries on uh, social media at Jason Drees Coaching. That's D-R-E-E-S for Drees. Um, Jason, we've also got the Monday Mindset Reset Call um, mm-hmm. that people can access if they go to your website. It's also on social media as well. Um, encourage everybody to buy and read Jason's first book, Do the Impossible, which uh, we love the acknowledgments. Lucas and I get a special shout out in there. That was a real fun journey that we went on with you to get that out there. Uh, and then if anybody is interested in, in finding more about Jason services, go to jasondreescoaching.com, uh, and learn more about how a Jason Drees coach can help elevate uh, your life and your business.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of so you can grow. Please be sure to like, subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts to connect with us, email podcast at nourishandsew.com.